Tonight, we are in the middle of a series called The Great Paradox, The Great Paradox. And you guys have been learning all about paradoxes the past couple weeks. In fact, you probably already know the definition. I don't even have to tell you. So let me hear from you. Someone give me the definition of paradox. Paradox means you've been listening. You've been listening. That's right. Paradox means crazy but true. In other words, in other words, you hear something. Maybe it's some advice. Maybe it's a saying. Someone says it. And it sounds kind of weird, sounds kind of out there, sounds kind of like, I don't know if that's true, but the more you dig in, the more you find that advice is helpful. The more you find that advice, there's actually wisdom in it. In other words, it's true, it's something that could actually help me. And Jesus spoke a lot using some paradoxes, things that sounded kind of out there, it sounded kind of weird, but when you dug in, you found it was actually true. And so tonight, we're gonna talk about some advice that Jesus gave, specifically relating to relationship Goals, relationship goals. Now this is fun because chances are, chances are you've probably talked to your friends about relationship goals. You probably tweeted something about relationship goals. Maybe you put something on Instagram about relationship goals. Maybe you have this like idea, ladies, for some of you, you have this idea of a guy in your mind and that's kind of your relationship goals. Or maybe for some of you guys, you have this idea of a, of a lady in mind and it's like, well, that's kind of my relationship goals. And so you've got this idea of what you want because here's what I think. I think everyone Everyone, no matter how old, no matter how young, whether you're a student, whether you're in high school, whether you're in middle school, whether you've been to church before, you've never been to church, all of us have these like relationship goals. We all have these like things that we've come up with that we really, really, really want in a relationship or maybe you really want in a girl, or you really want in a guy. In fact, I actually have a list of some possible relationship goals that you might actually have. So we're gonna show them real quick. These are some possible relationship goals, okay? So here's the first one. Here's the first one. Okay, hold on. We'll get there. We'll get there. So here's the first one. The first one's for you ladies. I know for many of you, your goal in a guy is that he texts you before you text him. Right? Come on. Preach it, Steve. Right? Because many of you, many of you, you just wish that like he would text you first. You wish he would take the initiative. In fact, you feel like you're always the one having to text him and then finally he'll reply. Or maybe, maybe for some of you, you get really upset because you send him a text and then he reads it and he doesn't reply. Oh, it's on now. Oh, it's, you know what I'm saying? It's like the moment I see that you've read it, I better see a speech bubble and you better be coming up with something good. You better reply immediately, right? So maybe for you, your relationship goal is that he texts before I text him. Okay, here's uh, maybe for some of you guys, your relationship goal is she can sing. Yeah, this group right here especially, right? That you've got... You've got in mind that, oh my gosh, like whenever you hear someone sing, you're like, dude, that's goals, man. If I could be with a girl that could sing, oh my gosh, that'd be incredible. So maybe for some of you guys, maybe for some of you guys, your relationship goal is she can sing. Now, maybe for some of you girls, some of you ladies, uh, it's the way he looks at me, right? Like if he could just like, if he could just look at me. In fact... In fact, there's this, uh, there's this video, and it's like six seconds long, you've probably seen it before, and it's, it's of this girl singing, 
And then her like boyfriend is right next to her. You know what I'm saying? And she starts, she starts singing. And then as soon as she starts singing, the guy like looks at her and he gets all like content and he smiles. And all the girls that watch it are like, oh my gosh, like if only, like if only that were true. Man, that's my, that's my relationship goal is that he would look at me that way. That he would just like, ah, oh, that he would just kind of dream when he's around me. Okay, here's the next one for some of you guys. Oh, yeah! Yeah. We got at least one. That she plays soccer, right? So for some of y'all, some of y'all, you know, you have... Some of y'all, you have like a picture, you know, of like the girls on the soccer team or like you really like going to the soccer games because you really, really like the girls. Like, because maybe for some of you guys, it's that she can actually play soccer. And then, and, and this one's a little bit more serious and maybe, maybe for some of you ladies, you've never said this. Maybe for some of you, you think he makes me feel valued. Man, if I could, some of you ladies might be thinking, if I could be with a guy that makes me feel valued, like, like that he makes me feel like I'm worth something, like worthwhile to be around him. And again, maybe you've never, maybe you've never said that before, but maybe deep down you're like, my, one of my relationship goals is that I could actually be with a guy that makes me feel valued. Or for some of you guys, and again, I know that you've probably never said this out loud and you've definitely never tweeted it or put it on Instagram, but maybe for some of you guys, it's that she's proud of me. Right, that like, that like she likes, she likes being around me and then when she's not around me, she's talking good about me like she really is proud of me. But here's the deal, all of us, okay, all of us, no matter who you are, we've all got these relationship goals, right? We've all got these relationship goals. We've all got these ideas of like what we really want in a future relationship, what we really want in a future guy or a future girl. And I, I actually, this is true, I had a chance to talk with a middle school guy. And, I, uh, and I'm not gonna tell you who, but, but I got to talk to this guy and he was telling me about uh, his crush, right? Girl that he liked. And so he started to describe, he started to describe kind of this girl and like, oh my gosh, she was like, dude, she's so good. You know, it's like goals. It's like, man, this is the girl. And this is how he described that girl. He said this, he said, she's cute and she's got an awesome lunchbox. It's like, it's like, that's for real. You know, it's like, I've, uh, for some of y'all, you're like, I've met the cute girls and I've met the girls with the lunch boxes, but this girl's cute and she's got, it's like the total package. Like you don't need anything else, right? And that's it. Now, now here's what I know for some of you, you've got these relationship goals in mind and then sometimes you run across a couple or you run across this, you know, kind of fictitious couple and you're like, dude, th this couple is so good. These people are so good. It's like they are goals, man. Like they are the, they're the kind of relationship that I wanna have. And maybe for you, that's your relationship goal. In fact, for some of you, for some of you, you've even looked at me and Catherine and thought <laughs> goals. Some of you, and uh, you know, so you so you look at us, and 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 again, maybe for some of you, you're like, ah, oh, I would love that in a relationship, and you got kind of this idea of relationship goals. In fact, there was this one time where uh, uh, Catherine and I, by the way, we've been married about eight years, and um, 
And uh, last year, last year we were celebrating, last year we were celebrating our seven year anniversary. And so, wow. I know, I was, I was very excited about it too. So we were celebrating seven years and so I decided to take her to this really like cool French restaurant and it was in downtown Atlanta. And so it was a really, it was a really fancy restaurant and um, so when we got there, you know it's a really fancy restaurant when someone else has to like park your car for you. They call it valet. Um, I think it's kind of crazy because it's like, dude, I park my car every day. You know, like I don't need your help, but whatever. You pay him and then he parks your car. And, uh, and so then we went inside and we had this really like really cool dinner and we were you know, able to order all this uh, great French food. And then I told them, I told the people there, I said, uh, so my wife and I are actually celebrating you know, our seven year anniversary. And so he did what a lot of people do uh, at, at these restaurants where they actually brought out this like free menu item or like free dessert and uh, for her because you know, it was the celebration of our anniversary and he put on the plate happy anniversary, which is like so cool, you know? And uh, so then I'm looking, you know, and I'm sitting across the table from her and she's got this plate in front of her and it says happy anniversary. And it's like, this is such a cool moment. And because it was such a cool moment, whenever you have an amazing, awesome, really cool moment, what do you do? Of course you do. And then you post it online so you can convince people that you're awesome, right? And so, uh, and so I took this picture of Catherine. I've actually got it and I put it on Instagram. So you can see it says happy anniversary on it. And, uh, and, then, and then it says this, this is what I wrote. Uh, I put happy anniversary to the greatest woman on the planet. These have been the best seven years of my life, which is true. And uh, so again, I didn't really, you know, I didn't really think much of it, but we put it out there. And then as soon as we put it out there, like all these comments started flooding in and then someone actually took a screenshot of the Instagram post, they put it on Twitter, and then a lot of students started like retweeting it, and this is actually what happened, this is what they put, they put relationship goals of all 12 Stone students, and then the picture of it, and then you can see it's like the hard eyes emojis right there, and then the hashtag relationship goals, you know, so it's all that, and so put it out there, and you know, again, for a lot of you, you saw that and you were like, goals, and I think everyone, no matter who you are, you've got this idea of what you really want in a relationship. Like what you really want in the like future guy or the future girl, the person you really want to be with. So you've gotten this idea of relationship goal. And I think, I think that everyone has this idea. Everyone has this relationship goal that they really want. In fact, even though the hashtag relationship goals is new, the idea is not new. I mean, when I was younger, I had my list of things I wanted in a you know, future, you know, whoever I was with. And for many of your parents, they had the same sort of relationship goals. And what's strange is, even though so many people set out to have these relationship goals, many end up here in relationship ruin. Which is strange because, again, you know, it's like many of you know that maybe, maybe it's your parents, maybe it's some of your friends, maybe it's some of you that you set out to have these relationship goals, they set out to have this ideal relationship, the person that I'm with, the person I really love, but then what happens for whatever reason is they end up in relationship ruin. Which is weird because I don't think anyone, anyone like sets out to have relationship ruin, right? It's like, it's like no one wakes up in the morning and thinks, I want a relationship where I feel like trash. <laughs> like I want him 
to just hate me. I want her to just hate me. I want to just like never be in the same room as that person because I can't stand the sight of them. That would be so good. In fact, what I want to do is I want to get divorced and then get married again. And then I want to get divorced again and then get married. And then I want to get, like no one ever wakes up and says that's what they want, right? No one ever wakes up and says, I want relationship ruin. Instead, everyone wakes up and says, I want these relationship goals. And yet for many of your friends, maybe for some of your parents, maybe even for some of you, even though you set out to have these relationship goals, you ended up here in relationship ruin. And so the question is how? Like how does that happen? How is that that even though we set out for relationship goals, you end up in relationship ruin? In fact, for the sake of our discussion today, this is, this is really the question we're going after. How can I end up in relationship goals? I mean, since so many set out to have these relationship goals and yet so many of them end up in relationship ruin, how can I actually end up in relationship goals? And the cool thing is Jesus actually talked about this. He spoke specifically to relationships and how to actually end up in relationship goals. And so I wanna look together at what Jesus said in Matthew chapter five. So do this, go ahead, grab your Bibles. They should be right around you. And we're gonna look at Matthew chapter five, verse 27. This is on page uh, 969. Page 969, there should be a Bible right around you, maybe right in front of you. And uh, this, is, uh, this is a part that we now know is the Sermon on the Mount. And this is when Jesus was giving all of this advice and some of the advice he was giving was kind of a paradox. You know, it sounded kind of crazy, sounded kind of out there, but it was actually true. And then he turns his attention to advice about relationships. And I gotta warn you that the advice that he's about to give is a paradox, which means for some of you, you're gonna hear the advice and you're gonna push against it. And you're gonna say, no, 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 that sounds crazy. That sounds out there. There's no way that that can be true. But what I'm telling you is, just like the other teachings of Jesus, just like the other paradoxes, there is truth in here. And I think there is advice that can actually help us end up in relationship goals. And so Jesus starts off by telling us something that I think all of us would agree with. And this is what he says. Jesus says, you've heard it said, you shall not commit adultery. You should, now, this this is like one of those no-brainers, like, well, duh, of course, right? It's like, obviously, you shouldn't commit adultery. And for those of you that don't know, adultery is simply when you have sex with someone that's not your spouse, okay? In other words, when you cheat on someone. And everyone would agree that if you cheat on someone, if you commit adultery, then you're gonna end up in relationship ruin, right? I mean, that's, that's a no-brainer, that's an obvious statement. And so Jesus starts off by saying, hey, hey, real quick, real quick, so all of you know that if you commit adultery, you're gonna end up in relationship ruin, right? I mean, we all get that. We all believe that. And then Jesus goes further and he says this, but I tell you, in other words, there's more. There's something you might've missed. He says, but I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Wait, what? You know, it's like, it's like if you're listening to that and if you were around the table with Jesus, you'd be like, wait, hold on, no, 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 no. Jesus, no, no, no. There is a big, a huge difference between a thought and an action, right? No, 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 Jesus, there's a huge difference between a look and a touch. There's no way they're the same. In fact, in fact, 
I, uh, I had a good friend of mine a few years ago that was telling me about his relationship with his wife. And he said that they agreed on this, on this little kind of phrase when it came to their relationship. And this is their agreement, okay? This is my friend's agreement, his advice. He says, you can look, but you can't touch. In other words, he was saying, my wife and I have agreed, and I've agreed, that I can look at whatever I want and whoever I want, whenever I want, doesn't matter the website, doesn't matter the picture, doesn't matter the person, I just can't touch. And for some of you, for some of you, maybe that's the attitude that you have. You're like, well, I know, I know I'm not supposed to like commit adultery. I mean, we all agree that's bad, that's wrong, and I'm never gonna do that because that's gonna end up in relationship ruin. But maybe in your mind, you don't think there's any problem with looking. And Jesus would step in and he says, no, 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 I'm telling you, when you look at a woman lustfully, it's the exact same thing in your heart as when you commit adultery. Now, some of you hear that and you're like, wait, wait, hold on, Steve. So are you saying that I, like, if I'm a guy, I can't even look at a woman, and if I'm a girl, I can't even look at a guy, like, I can't, I, I can't make eye contact with, no, that's not what I'm saying, and that's not what Jesus is saying either, because there's a big difference between looking and looking lustfully, right? I mean, in other words, there's a big difference between, hey, and, ooh, right? If you bite your lower lip when you look, probably not a good sign, right? If you have to get comfortable with your look, probably not a good sign. In other words, when you look lustfully, what you're doing, what it means to look lustfully is you're looking at a woman, or maybe for girls, you're looking at a guy, and in your mind, you're fantasizing about them. You're thinking about what it would be like to have sex with that girl or to have sex with that guy, Now, now this is a really serious topic. And I think it's something that, uh, it's something that even though we don't want to admit we struggle with, it's something that's a common struggle for a lot of people. And so when Jesus stepped on the scene and he started talking about this, many people pushed against this. And maybe they laughed and maybe they, and they said, no, there's a, there's a huge difference between looking and touching. And we all agree that, yeah, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't touch. But deep down, we want to push against the fact that we want to be able to look. We want to have freedom. Just like my friend that said, you can look, but you can't touch. And Jesus steps in and he says, I'm telling you, when you look at a woman that way, or if you're a girl and you look at a guy that way, it's the same thing in your heart as adultery. And this is what he was saying, okay? He was saying it's, but you gotta imagine for a second, okay, imagine that there are two roads. And one road leads to relationship goals, and then the other road leads to relationship ruin. But there's only two roads, and you can take either road. And if you take the road that leads to relationship goals, you're gonna end up in relationship goals. If you take the road that lead, leads to relationship ruin, you're gonna end up in relationship ruin. And what Jesus is saying is every action you take leads you down one of two paths. It's either going to lead you down relationship goals or relationship ruin. And then Jesus took it further and he said, every action you take and every thought that you have is going to either lead you down relationship goals or relationship ruin. 
And maybe there are some thoughts that seem to be worse than others, and maybe some actions that seem worse than others. In other words, maybe there, there are some big steps towards relationship ruin. Maybe there are some small steps towards relationship ruin. But every action and every thought is going to lead you down one of these two paths. And even if it's a small step in this direction, you're walking towards relationship ruin. And what Jesus is saying is, if you start down a path and continue down a path and keep walking down a path of relationship ruin, don't be surprised that you don't end up with relationship goals. Because when you start walking down this path towards relationship ruin, that's exactly where you're going to end up. And if you walk down the path of relationship goals, that's exactly where you're going to end up. But every action and every thought is going to lead you down one of these two roads either towards relationship ruin or relationship goals. And for a lot of people during Jesus' time, and maybe for some of you, you push against that and you're like, Steve, I, I still don't think that a look is that big a deal. I still don't think maybe that those websites are that big of a deal. I still don't think those pictures are that big of a deal. But what's crazy is that even though Jesus said this 2,000 years ago, science now agrees with Jesus. And as we've studied and looked at marriages and looked at what causes them to fail and looked at relationship room, what we've discovered is that Jesus was right. In fact, there was a doctor by the name of uh, Dr. Patrick F. Fagan. He said this, not only does watching porn contribute to infidelity, in other words, not only does it lead down a path of relationship ruin, but a spouse's porn obsession was a factor in 56% of divorces. Here's what that means. In more than half of divorces, one out of every two, a look is part of the reason that caused that divorce. In other words, if you think of two marriages that have split up, or if you think of two divorces, maybe it's your parents and someone else's, maybe it's just two other parents that you know, in one and maybe both of them, it could have been the husband or the wife's obsession with porn that led to the relationship ruin. In other words, as you walk down this path of relationship ruin, even if the steps are small, and even if it's only a little look, you're going to end up with relationship ruin. And then, this is, countless other doctors have affirmed this. Many other articles have been written. In fact, there was one written by The Atlantic, and The Atlantic is not a Christian magazine. Uh, it, it doesn't employ people that necessarily are Christian. In fact, the person who wrote this, I don't believe, was a Christian, but this is what they said in The Atlantic. They said a 2004 study found that married individuals who cheated on their spouses were three times as likely to have used internet pornography as married people who hadn't committed adultery. In other words, even just a look, even just a thought was leading people down the road of relationship ruin. And yet those who stayed pure were led down a path of relationship goals. And so what Jesus is saying, the bottom line for what he's saying is this, lust leads to relationship ruin but purity leads to relationship goals. Lust is the thing that leads to relationship ruin, and purity leads to relationship goals. And even if it's a small little step in the direction of relationship ruin, the further you walk down the path of relationship ruin, don't expect to end up in relationship goals. Because every thought and every action is gonna lead you down one of two paths. And so Jesus is saying, even in your thoughts, even with your eyes, I want you to fight for purity. And then he tells us how. And this is what he says. 
Jesus goes on and he says, so in light of that, in light of the fact that there's only two paths you can go down and I want you to go down the path of relationship goals, then if your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And then he goes on as if that wasn't extreme enough. He says, and if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. And this is like so extreme, right? This is like one of those verses that I read and I want to highlight it with like a black Sharpie. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I just wish it wasn't there. Like that sounds so extreme. That sounds so out there. I mean, it almost sounds like Jesus was on the set of like walking dead. You know what I'm saying? It's like gouging out eyes and cutting off hands. Like this is so extreme. But the reason that Jesus was this extreme is because he knew life and death was on the line. And if you walk down a path of relationship ruin, even if the steps are small, it's gonna lead to death. It's gonna lead to emotional death. It's gonna lead to spiritual death. It's gonna lead to relational death. Could even lead to physical death. And that's why Jesus was so extreme. And I think if he were to speak to us today, he would say this, it's better for you to sacrifice your lusts now than your life later. In other words, it's not worth it. That habit isn't worth it. It's better for you to sacrifice your lusts now, the habits that you have right now, the TV shows that you watch right now, the websites you go to right now. It's better for you to sacrifice your lusts now than your life later. And I found this out the hard way. Because when, um, when I was 14 years old, um, my, my life looked, looked pretty good from the outside. In fact, I became a Christian when I was 12 and I was really involved with church and I was a part of the youth group and you know, me and the student pastor had a really good relationship and you know, everything seemed good on the outside. And uh, I was there at church all the time and I was doing all the right things and, and my actions were definitely not leading down the path of relationship ruin. I hadn't slept with anyone, hadn't done anything wrong in that respect. But when the door was closed and when no one was around, then I had this secret sin that I didn't want anyone to know about, especially not the people at church. Because I had a habit of looking at women lustfully even though I know I shouldn't, even though I knew I shouldn't, even though I felt bad and I felt like, oh, why can't I get over this? And even though I tried so many times to get over it, and then when that didn't work, I just tried to hide it and just avoid it and just pretend like it wasn't there. But the more I tried to hide it, the bigger it got. And even though it was just in my mind and maybe just with my eyes, it was a small step, day after day, leading to relationship ruin. And everything on the outside looked good, and all my actions looked good, but my thoughts and my eyes were leading me down this path. And then I read this verse, and I realized that there were some sacrifices I needed to make. Jesus said to gouge out your eye or to cut off your hand, meaning a sacrifice, and so there were sacrifices that I needed to make. And I began to pray about it, and I began to talk to my student pastor about it. And we began discussing what it would look like to make these sacrifices. And so I want to show you some of the sacrifices I began to make when I was 14 years old and hope that maybe for some of you, some of these sacrifices could help you. 
Maybe there are some that you can start even at the age of 13 or 12. But at that age, this was, this was kind of the list of sacrifices that I was looking at. The first one is no rated R movies. I, uh, as you know, there are some rated R movies that have sexually explicit material in them. And for guys, when you see something, and, and sometimes for girls as well, when you see something, it can cause you to lust after that person, after that guy, after that girl. And so for me, I knew that there were all these rated R movies that were out there that actually had this material in them and it would cause me to lust. And I also knew, I also knew there were rated R movies that didn't have any of that in it. But when I would go and see those movies, sometimes the previews for other movies had that in there that caused me to lust. And so I realized I needed to cut out all of it. And so I didn't see any rated R movies. Even though my friends did, even though everyone talked about the movie and did you see this and do you want to go hang out and watch this? And I just said, no, I, I can't. I, no, I don't, I don't watch that. And it wasn't my parents' decision, it was my decision. Because I wanted to cut it out completely. And so I chose not to watch rated R movies. The next one were um, some TV shows. Um, there's some TV shows that it seems like every five or six episodes, they've got a scene in there, you know, and it's a scene of, you know, a guy or a girl or whatever, and, and, it, and it can cause you to lust. And for me, that was a problem, even though the majority of the TV shows were fine. Every now and then there was like, there was like this one episode of the show that I really liked. And so what I resolved is if there was a, if there was a TV show that even just had one episode, even if it wasn't every episode, if it was just one episode, then I'm not gonna watch that TV show, period, because that could show up again, and then it would cause me to lust, and I would begin walking down this road towards relationship ruin. And of course, all my friends were watching these TV shows, and it was no big deal, and it, you know, it even had the little like rating of like PG or whatever, but every now and then there'd be one, and I knew I needed to cut it out completely. And so I stopped watching those shows. And then the next one is uh, computer in my living room. So um, I don't know if you've noticed, but when you have a computer, some of you might have a computer, maybe a laptop or computer. When you keep it in your room and then you close the door so no one's watching, the temptation to look at something you shouldn't look at or go to a website that you shouldn't go to, that temptation is really high. And so I, uh, so I made sure that we didn't have the computer in my personal bedroom and instead it was in the living room because you're probably not gonna go to a website if you're like mom and dad are walking by. You know, that's a little awkward, right? Like I'm not gonna, so the temptation all of a sudden went down because it was in this public place and everyone could see it and my brothers were walking by and my parents were walking by. So if I had a school project to do, I could still do it. It's just I couldn't do it in my room. It had to be out exposed in front of everyone because in my room, the temptation was too high and I would begin walking down a path that I knew I didn't want to end up. Now, some of you might have you know, computers in your room. Maybe you don't. Um, but even for some of you that might not think that you do, if you have one of these, then you have a computer in your room because for some of you, this is the primary vehicle by which you engage in looking at a woman or looking at a guy lustfully. And maybe it's a website, maybe it's some pictures, but this is what you use 
to see those things. And so, again, this may not be for all of you, but maybe for some of you, God is pressing in and he is asking you to no longer bring this inside of your bedroom and to leave it outside in the living room in a public space. Now, for some of you, you hear that and you're like, that is so extreme. You're saying I need to leave my phone outside of my room? Are you kidding me? And I say, yeah, no, 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 totally, that is extreme because Jesus just said to cut off your hand. But yeah, leaving your phone outside, way extreme. Because when you begin to realize that it leads to relationship ruin, you'll take some extreme measures. And maybe for you, the extreme measure is that you no longer have that phone in your room by yourself with no accountability. And instead, you leave it outside. The next one is uh, bounce my eyes. And I need to explain this because this doesn't really make any sense if you don't know. Uh, There's this book that I read when I was 17 and it talked about fighting a battle for purity. And it said that, um, just like we've talked about, uh, obviously the problem is not if you're a guy, you're looking at a girl, or if you're a girl, you're looking at a guy. The problem is not a look. The problem is when you look lustfully. And the way they described it is, you know, uh, the problem is not with the first look. The problem is with the second look. You know, if you just like look and glance, that's fine. But if you like look and, <laughs> you know, and get comfortable, that's a problem. And so, uh, and so what the guy recommended is, uh, you know, if you've ever seen a tennis match before, ping pong match, uh, the way the ball bounces from one side to the other, he recommended just bouncing your eyes. Because you can't control the first look it happens. So you just look and you bounce your eyes and you go to the next thing. In fact, there were a few friends that uh, uh, we all kind of agreed to go through this book together and we all agreed to bounce our eyes. And sometimes we'd go to the beach. And uh, yeah, the beach, the beach is fun. Uh, but, but oh my gosh, it is incredibly easy for you to lust when you're at the beach, for you to look at a woman lustfully, uh, or if you're a girl, to look at a guy lustfully. That's incredibly easy. And so me and my friends, we'd go to the beach and we'd be like, dude, check out this sky. <laughs> this, it's, it's beautiful. I think, look at those clouds. The sun is right, the sun is bright today. Have you noticed? Yeah, yeah, the sun is bright and the sand is just like... I could, bi- I could build a sand castle right here because the sun is shining and we just wouldn't look because I knew that if I looked, the temptation would be too tough and I didn't want to walk down this road of relationship ruin and so we bounced our eyes and we kept our eyes up so as to not look lustfully. And then here's the last one um, and this one doesn't really apply to me when I, was a, uh, when I was a student but I think it applies maybe to some of you. There are some Instagram and some Twitter Uh, accounts out there that uh, you don't even need to go to a pornographic website anymore. You can just follow some accounts on Twitter and Instagram. That's all you need to do. And it'll give you everything you need. And uh, so maybe the thing that God is pressing in on you is the same way Jesus said to cut off your hand that you would cut off those accounts. Because the cool thing is that, I don't know if you know this or not, but the way Instagram actually works is that you only see people on your timeline that you actually follow. So if you just unfollow them, then you won't see them anymore. So maybe there are some accounts that you just need to unfollow completely. 
And I know that these seem drastic and these seem crazy. And I'm telling you, when I was 14 and I set out to do this, I failed so much. Man, I had every intention of like, you know, being perfect. I'm gonna make sure I never struggle again. I never lust again. And I would struggle and I would, I would compromise. But I began making steps, not in this direction, but towards this direction. And even though I didn't always get it right, slowly but surely, I started moving in the direction of purity because I didn't want to end up in relationship ruin. And after years and years and years of walking in the direction of relationship goals, eventually, when I was 20, I met Catherine. And, and I want you to hear this. Catherine is, uh, for those of you that don't know, she's an incredibly strong, confident, incredible woman. And, and Catherine, Catherine would not have dated a guy that was over here. And for some of you, your future spouse is out there waiting for you. But they're not gonna date someone that's over here. And so even though it's difficult and even though it requires a lot of sacrifice and Jesus never said this would be easy, he just said it would be helpful that you would move in the direction of relationship goals. And I want you to hear this too. You need to know the heart of your heavenly father. The one who is actually telling you this is someone that cares about you. And as we talk about lists like this and what it means to sacrifice and all that stuff, I know it's really easy to think that God is trying to box you in, that he's trying to limit your freedom, that he doesn't want you to have fun but that's not true at all. See, God asks you to sacrifice, not to add limits, but to add life. God isn't trying to box you in. He's not trying to ruin your fun. He's not trying to keep you away from things that you enjoy. Rather, he's trying to set you up for the very thing that you want, the very relationship that you're going after, all of the fulfillment that you want. Jesus is asking you to sacrifice. Not because he wants to harm you, not because he wants to limit your fun, but because he wants this for you too. And he wants you to have a relationship where you feel content. He wants you to have a relationship that other people retweet and that other people talk about. That your heavenly father cares about you, and that's why he asked you to sacrifice. And so this is the last question for tonight. What is God asking you to sacrifice? What is it that God is saying to you that he wants you to sacrifice? Maybe for you there are some accounts that you need to unfollow. Maybe for you it's as extreme as you need to leave your phone outside of your room. But I'm telling you, if you keep walking in the direction of relationship ruin, don't be surprised when you don't end up with relationship goals. Because God cares so desperately for you. And he wants you to have this type of relationship. And so what would it look like if maybe today you started to do this? 
Imagine the difference it could make because I'm telling you this, it's not too late to start. And you're not too far gone. Your heavenly father cares so much for you. And the goals he has for you are so much better. So let me pray for you. God, thank you so much for for loving us. Thank you for caring about us. I thank you that even though we don't get this right and even though we struggle, that you give us grace. God, I thank you that many years ago you began to outline these principles to me. I thank you that even though I didn't like it and I didn't want to do it, I thank you that you showed me what it looked like to sacrifice. And even though it looked like all my friends were having fun and they were getting to do what they wanted to do, I thank you that you asked me to do this so that you would set me up for a relationship where I am content and I am happy and I'm fulfilled. And God, I ask that you would do the same for these students. I don't want them to grow up many years from now and be another statistic. I want them to be people that have a good relationship and that walk in the direction of purity. And so I pray that you would remind them that lust leads you down a path of relationship ruin, but purity is the thing that leads to relationship goals. So we ask that you would show them that and then show them what it means to sacrifice. So God, we love you and we trust you. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name, amen.